this is Lewis Johnson taking my love of sports into the world of esports with my co-host Kyle Airy, and we're breaking down what's happening in the esports industry. We're talking with great guests, influencers, and most importantly, we want to talk to you. So welcome to All In with Esports. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of a brand new podcast called All In with Esports. That's right. All in with esports. We're excited about this new journey into esports, both locally and globally. And you're going to go right along with us on that journey. Uh, if it's about esports, then it matters to us. That's a catchphrase you're going to hear quite a bit. I'm Lewis Johnson. Once again, welcome this uh, podcast created for and by Map Esports Network. So you may say, who is that and what is that? Well, Map refers to really a map to the inside of esports. So we're going to take a journey and discover how esports has come to be where it is now and where it's going. And I can tell you there are some numbers that are just unbelievably striking. We see some exponential growth in this space. And so that's why this podcast is started. And you're going to find out why MAP Esports is being started as well. And to get all of that information in a bit, we'll be talking to uh, the CEO and chairman of MAP Esports Network. That is Jacob Miles. We'll talk to him shortly about several things. Um, one of the things we're going to be discussing is uh, Esports Futurai, which is really the platform that he has started. Uh, it's a media and events arm of MAP Esports, multi-level uh, uh, things happening here. Uh, really, this is going to be like the voice of the future, you could say. A, a fast a growing esports industry is really what's happening. They're going to be magazines, uh, digital media, events, uh, fans and data network to inform you of what's happening. And of course, there'll be plenty of opportunities to celebrate the industry. And you'll be able to find a lot of information on that particular part of this at www.esportsfuturi.com. Esports, F-U-T-U-R-I.com. Also, I will be speaking with Jacob Miles about the Esports Power Players League. That is a brand new league he has created. Uh, it's going to consist of 15 conferences. We all get the idea of conferences, right? When we think about college football and basketball. So 15 conferences uh, with esports, robotics, which is going to be exciting, and coding. I probably should go to a coding class to try and figure out what all, all that is. But that is another part of what will be happening. More information about that at www.ppl.gg. All the information I'm giving you will be popping up on the screen throughout the podcast, so don't worry about that if you missed it. The other things we'll be discussing with him are um, really the exciting growth of esports, well, the events. Um, they're going to be meetups, uh, which will be able to win prizes. Resources will be available. Competitions, which is what we all love if we love sports. And if you have competitions, you got to have awards. We'll have that as well. Merchandise, so all kinds of swag, hats, clothing, and anything else that's related to, to esports. And then there'll be shows that you can watch. Imagine uh, job fairs, uh, other types of gear. And then, of course, the magazines, newsletters, classifieds, collectibles, and more. Now, when I mention collectibles, you're going to hear within the story of Jacob Miles how he is absolutely qualified to have the idea to develop collectibles because he has an amazing journey through the toy industry that happened uh, shortly out of college. We'll talk more about that with him. Uh, and then, of course, uh, as all of us are into streaming program, you, programming, uh, you can look forward to a lot of uh, streaming programming on multiple platforms uh, within this uh, new space. And uh, just great ways to, to connect with local communities and, of course, across the country and then globally, which I think is really exciting. Uh, there are really lots of great things going. And then there's this one nugget, this one caveat here, which I think is super uh, important, and it's an important part to Jacob Miles. There are going to be initiatives within this entire platform that he's building to uh, allow at-risk kids to get involved with esports on a different level. 
Uh, and, and Jacob Miles is going to let you know that really that is the core of everything they're doing. He wants that to be a central focus, one of the important pillars of building this company and this business. Those kids will have a chance to be involved with leagues, teams, uh, characters. They all love that. There'll be content development. Imagine your young kid somewhere who can develop some content and have an avenue maybe to show that to people. That'll happen here. Uh, and there'll be distribution opportunities uh, to be involved with that, film, licensing, all those types of things, ways to teach young people and maybe young at-risk kids how they can get involved with the business side of things, not just playing the games, but maybe creating something. How awesome is that? And of course, um, all these teams that will be created will need sponsors and sponsorships. So those will be available for you to get involved with if you want to do that. So we'll talk to Jacob Miles in a bit. But before we do that, um, I am joined by my analyst for the show. We'll be talking together for weeks or months on end about all things esports. And I want you to welcome Kyle Airy, who is with us. And Kyle, before I begin to ask you questions, first of all, really looking forward to working with you. But people need to know your story. Um, you've got 30 plus years of e-gaming experience. Um, you actually have an esports management certified degree through the University of California, Irvine. Really interested to hear your take on how the educational process is, uh, has been enlightened by things like esports. And you're a founding member and head of uh, sales for Esports Futurize. So, Kyle, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, man, we're excited too. And I'm looking forward to uh, working with you. As we talked before, you know, of course, my world is 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 really been involved around live sports and whether it be basketball, uh, college football, Olympics or whatever, but this is a whole new world. So I am excited to discover it. And, and someone like you who's lived this for most of your life has a particularly unique insight to it. And so we're looking forward to tapping your, your, uh, your knowledge about it. Let me start by asking this kind of a big picture question as we start this discussion. For somebody listening that may be new or may have been around games or video games for a while, this whole area seems like it's just changed so much. So what's your definition of esports? What is esports now? The way I define it to, to make things super simple is just two words, and that's competitive gaming. And so with esports, you know, it can be on a wide scale. So on one end, you might just have a group of friends that are together one evening that might be having a, a Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Tournament, and they might have some prize. They may not, but that's on one end. And then on the other end, you have events, you know, called one called the International, where you've got players from all over the world that are competing for millions of dollars. You've got millions of people that are watching at home. So, and everything in between is considered esports. But yeah, to make things yeah. simple, competitive gaming is esports. That's really cool. Competitive gaming. I'll hold on to those two words uh, because I think that's something that everybody can relate to, right? And I'm wondering about you and your journey in the world of gaming or games. Where did you find that? What was your early love of video games? And, and what's the story about where you started with all this? Yeah, so growing up, some of my very first memories, I remember when I was like a very little kid, I just remember playing on the original Nintendo with my family, just playing the original Mario Brothers. Uh, I remember playing the original Legend of Zelda and just being like a, a five-year-old, six-year-old kid and just getting immersed in that world and everything. And that's, that's where it began. And I always compare it to where if you're reading a book and you kind of get lost in that book or same thing with a movie, the same thing can happen in games. And, mm. you know, at an early age, that kind of love, that's kind of where it grew. And, you know, 30 years later, you know, it's going stronger than ever. I mean, the amount and quality of games that are coming out, it's just hard not to, to fall in love with it all over again. 
I bet you there's a lot of dads out there who will uh, relate to this. I mean, over the years, our sons who are now 25 and 23, we we bought you know tons of games for them over the years and yep. spent who knows how much money. And it's amazing to me that that uh, gaming or games has been something that people connect through from childhood to an adult. Uh, why do you think that happens? Why do people stay involved with games from a young person to their adult years? What what's the what draws them back? Yeah, I think for me personally. The, the those same franchises that I fell in love with uh, as a kid, they would release new games like say Legend of Zelda, for example. That's my all time favorite. They would release new games, uh, you know, pretty much every few years or so, and you know that just kind of that and just the amount of uh, just quality games that are out there, and uh, and just the ways to play it too. Whether you know nowadays you can play it on your mobile phone when you're waiting in line and. Just it's so accessible nowadays, and just the way you can connect with folks doing that too, and your friends. Um, there's just so many great ways to play games nowadays versus when you know 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, really. I mean, really, really interesting to see people stay connected throughout the basketball season. As I mentioned, the college football season. I'm on college campuses uh, a, a decent part of the year, and I love that. And uh, one of the interesting things is I begin to read through the athletes list and their degrees or their majors. I'm finding more and more interesting uh, degrees or majors declared at these universities. You have a degree in esports management. Um, when you were a kid, there's no chance in the world that would have been offered. But now that is a part of it. Tell me about uh, searching out uh, the, the chance to get this degree in esports management. And, and what is leading institutions to offer these types of degrees uh, in, in today's world? Yeah. So for me, I graduated from, from college about 11 years ago. And yeah, like you said, there, there just wasn't a degree that in gaming or esports for me at that time. And for me, I, I had worked with the same company for about nine years, about a year ago, decided to leave that company and just kind of came across this uh, certification in esports management. And at that time I was kind of doing some soul searching, kind of figuring out, okay, what is it that I want, I want to do with my life? And for me personally, that love for gaming was kind of right, always right under my nose. And as soon as I saw that was an option, it was kind of a no brainer. I was like, well, hey, I can learn something that I want to know more about and, you know, do that with other like minded people like me and learn from, you know, teachers and professors that, uh, you know, are already in the industry that can teach all the knowledge that they have and everything. So for me, it was kind of a no brainer to get that certification. And, you know, you're definitely going to see a lot more universities uh, offer, you know, certifications, degrees like that, because why wouldn't they? You have a industry that's so young and is growing so fast. And it's something that students already, a lot of them already have a passion and love for. So it just makes sense that a lot of schools are going to offer those going forward. Yeah. Talking with my analyst, Kyle Airy, here on the very first episode of Esports Future Eyes, we begin to dive into this exciting new world that's building here in the world of esports gaming. Um, Kyle, I imagine that a lot of people who can identify what you said, because now we're in the middle of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, right? So you have a lot of time to sit at home and think about where you are in terms of your career, your life. Are you happy with it? Is there a chance to do something different? You've already made the step by uh, moving forward into this. Um, what do you think... Uh, people may decide to do or maybe thinking about in terms of maybe a career change if they begin to sit down when they have more time than usual to look at an industry like this and say, maybe there's some opportunity or potential here. Yeah, definitely. You know, for me, like I mentioned, when I had graduated from college, you know, it seemed like the path into the gaming industry was either programming, developing, which for me personally, that just wasn't my thing. 
And so yeah. for me, you know, 11 years later, developing, you know, skills that may not fit those I just mentioned, programming and everything, and having that experience and everything, and just the opportunities that are just kind of presenting themselves as this industry grows, you know, you're seeing a lot more uh, opportunities pop up that, again, wouldn't have been there, you know, three, three years, five years ago, or 10 years ago. And yeah, I think with just a lot more people kind of figuring out, you know, what, what it is that they do want to do. And just with the rise of esports that is happening, I think you're going to see more and more people kind of gravitate that way, especially with more programs that are popping up uh, over the years and everything. Yeah. Yeah, Looking forward to talking to Jacob Miles here in just a few moments. Uh, He is the man who's creating this brand new platform. Uh, And before we get to him, uh, I want to continue with just a few more questions with you, Kyle, and ask you about Mm -hmm. really this uh, opportunity to see this exponential growth in the, in, in this space. Uh, what about with the connection to sports? Because we're talking e-sports. So as you move to North Texas, give us a sense of the energy and really the commitment that professional teams like the Cowboys or the Mavericks are making uh, to extend their brands from the court or the field of play now to e-sports. What's happening in that space? Yeah, definitely. You know, one thing that made North Texas the the simple you know decision for me to come to was just you know, there's so much activity going on, kind of like you mentioned on on the pro scene, you know, you're seeing all these professional teams and a lot of them are backed by a lot of those professional owners. Uh, yeah. Just here locally, you know, you've got kind of like you mentioned pro teams from, you know, the Mavericks, they've got their 2K team, uh, as well as a couple other pro franchises. But not only that, you, you really do see the support on the college level at the universities with their esports programs, uh, offering scholarships to literally come to college and for that team and as well as in the high schools too. And you really do see just the support from the communities here, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the high school programs and everything. And it really is really cool from the top to the bottom, just the support that you are seeing uh, just here locally. And so for the fans who love those teams, whether it be professional college sports or the new fans who may be listening to this podcast as we develop it and this new platform, Map Esports Network, how can they connect? How are they now connecting to these opportunities to join in this exciting marriage of professional sports or college sports and now esports? How are the fans listening to us connecting with this? Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways to connect, you know, whether it's watching streams of some of these competitions, especially with this current climate where, you know, traditional sports isn't on TV unless it's a replay. But, you know, one great thing with esports is Tell me about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, one great thing with esports is with esports it started on the streams and it migrated to stadiums and everything. So, for with this current climate and everything, it you know, esports it didn't have a hiccup. They just moved all their competitions uh, to streams online. So that's one way to get connected is just watching these streams, watching these competitions. And you know, with esports feature eye, you can get involved. You know, just by listening to this podcast, uh, coming to future events and everything. Uh, you know, or just by simply you know joining our LinkedIn group. There's a lot of different ways to get involved, and I know Jacob's he's going to go through a lot of those ways too. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about all that. Okay, so uh, if if I'm honest, I would say to you that my connection in sports has much less to do with stats and numbers. Mm -hmm. I've got some colleagues who can run them off in their sleep, and I'm always amazed by that. What I love in my connection is the human interest story. Mm -hmm. But in this moment, I'm going to ask you about what's most important, maybe, and that is the statistics. What's your estimate 
of how many people are involved with esports uh, globally in the United States? What are the numbers saying about where we are now and where it's going? Yeah, absolutely. So just here in the United States on, you know, as far as a, you know, by viewers. So back in 2018, esports altogether had 63 million viewers uh, just here in the United States. And just to kind of compare that uh, in 2018, the NBA also had 63 million viewers. Uh, the NHL, the National Hockey League, uh, altogether had 32 million viewers, and the MLS had 13 million viewers. So that just kind of shows you just wow. you know how many people are watching that. And I got that from Activate Inc. And I know you mentioned as far as on a global scale. So this is from Newzoo. They're one of the the leaders in esports as far as data analysis. And back in 2019, just a year ago, on a global scale. Uh, they had 454 million viewers. And so that's occasional viewers and esports enthusiasts, which by definition, that's just they're watching at least one hour once a month. So a year ago, 454 million. 2020, they're estimating about 518 million viewers on a global scale. 2021, over half a billion. So 580 million. Wow. And 2022, 645 million. So on a global scale, that's one really cool thing is it's just not just here locally, but globally, there's a really huge interest in esports. That is incredible. Those numbers really uh, share and show the exponential growth of this space. And I think Map Map Esports Network is really positioning itself at the right time to be able to move ahead and bring viewers in on a new platform. And there are some very interesting caveats to this platform, which we're going to get into in just a moment when I welcome in e, um, uh, Jacob Miles. Uh, Kyle, great information. Um, I want to remind everybody that uh, there'll be a chance soon here to sign up and play in the uh, Power Players League. We're going to advise about uh, locations to be able to sign up for that. That's going to be exciting. Brand new league with all the um, amenities and fun and connection that you can have with people down the street, around the corner, across the country, around the world. Power Players League is going to be exciting. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. And for those of you who like to write, I like to write. I enjoy doing that when I'm at work, uh, writing stories and reports. There's a chance for some freelance writers to get involved with eSports Futurize. So that's a new magazine that's going to be available coming online soon. So we'll be directing you to a site to go in and send us some information, fill out a short resume. We look forward to getting some of that from you. So if you want to write and be involved with it, you've got a story to tell about your world in terms of eSports, no matter where you are in the globe, we want to hear from you. So more information on that. And make sure you get your eSports Future Eye and Power Players League merchandise. That's all coming soon. We're going to all be swagged out here uh, pretty shortly, and we'll have some stuff that hopefully people will begin to realize. But all of that merchandise is coming online is uh, pretty soon, so we want you to be able to get that. And then, of course, you see at the bottom of your screen there all the social media platforms that we'll have available to connect uh, wherever you like to do it, right there on your smartphone, all the way to a fancy laptop that you may have where you're doing all your games. All right? So once again, uh, we want you to be ready for all that. It's coming right here on this podcast. Okay, so now it's time to welcome in Jacob Miles. He is the, the CEO and chairman of MAP Esports Network. Now, it may take me a couple of minutes, but I need to give you just a bit of a background on Jacob's experience, and we'll talk more about it in a second. But he uh, serves as the publisher of Esports Futurai Magazine. 
He is the commissioner of the uh, Esports Power Players League. Been talking about that for a bit. And the managing partner of Miles Analyst Partners, which is a media and entertainment consulting and investment firm. Uh, he's an excess, successful, award-winning entrepreneur. I know that for a fact because uh, he has been involved with so many incredible projects. The former CEO and chairman of a publicly traded company, the Urban Television Network, Inc., and uh, former vice president of Hasbro and has worked for Sega, Lucasfilm, HBO, Fox, among many others. And uh, I want everybody to know that I've known Jacob for many years. We may have operated in different spaces, but we have had many conversations about uh, entrepreneurial things, whether it be sports or electronic media or toys or gaming. And all this seems to be coming to bear. Uh, and it's just so interesting, Jake, that we have our first common denominator, which is the University of Cincinnati. We both are all that's both of our alma maters, but we'll get in that in a second. Jake, uh, good to see you. How are you? I'm doing great. Go Bearcats. Go Bearcats. There you go. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. So I, it is quite interesting uh, to think about your journey to where we are right now. But before we step back and look at that, just give us a sense of what is MAP Esports Network? What is this you've created? Well, MAP Esports Network uh, is an esports media and marketing services firm. And it's filling a void in the marketplace for esports. For it to grow, it has to have a solid infrastructure and a media infrastructure so people can learn about esports uh, and, and, and experience it even at an amateur level. And so we're leveraging our integrated network to bring that to uh, the general population. Historically, it's been just focused on those enthusiasts and the very, very niche oriented type of um, activity. But now we're going to bring it to the masses and MAP Esports Network is designed to do that but while at the same time bring in those at-risk communities and give them an opportunity to participate in this high growth area in jobs that they may not be aware are available in the esports industry. And that statement right there is really uh, going back to your roots, Jacob, right? Explain to everybody, you know, where you grew up and how you transitioned from your, the place you grew up into the university and into an engineering degree and how all that led you to the toy business. It's just an amazing story. Give people a sense of, of where you came from, which means they may understand better where you are now. Well, as you stated, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and, and Cincinnati um, is a very, very old city and uh, with a lot of rich history to it. But I grew up in Millville Housing Projects, which is uh, public housing uh, in Cincinnati. And Cincinnati uh, has a very large community of uh, public housing uh, and it's segregated. You, know, you have the Appalachians and then you have the African-Americans and it's still that way today. Uh, but very uh, dangerous place at times, but through the help of family and mentors, uh, and so forth, I was able to rise above that and um, attend the University of Cincinnati uh, via a program for at-risk kids. Uh, and um, that was an apprenticeship, engineering apprenticeship program uh, that was um, funded by General Electric uh, Aircraft Engine Group uh, and University of Cincinnati. And so that's how I entered into uh, uh, the University of Cincinnati and engineering. And again, through some teachers and parents that uh, identified uh, early on that I like to draw stuff and, and make stuff and build stuff. 
Yeah. So you get there to the university, you study engineering, and then you leave and somehow find a connection and find your way into the toy business. And you've been involved with some toys and products that everybody knows. Uh, give them a sense of just some of the touch points and the milestones that you've been involved with and how that is now serving you as you build this company. Well, uh, quite interesting. I, again, I, I started at GE uh, designing aircraft engines, uh, and I, I enjoyed that a lot. But I felt I needed um, needed more. I needed more interaction, more hands-on. And uh, so I left and went to General Tool, which is a, uh, a company that did worked for Procter & Gamble. Uh, and they made packaging and tooling and things of that nature, all the tools and engineering stuff to support uh, packaging. And obviously, that brought me into consumer products. Uh, and then um, uh, from there, uh, I went to Kenner Toys, another Cincinnati company. And Kenner was, ironically, was founded right across the street from uh, Procter & Gamble on Kenner Street many, 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 many years ago. And at Kenner, uh, that introduced me, obviously, to the toy industry. I fell in love with it. The To date myself, the first products that we worked on were things like Easy Bake Oven, Baby Alive, Spirograph, and uh, the first entertainment property uh, was uh, actually Snoopy uh, and Peanuts. Uh, we used to do a little toothbrush and toothpaste and all that stuff. But uh, the, the big TV uh, property at that time was Six Million Dollar Man and Bionic Woman. You know, oh, yeah. So again, that dates myself. But uh, that led to Star Wars and Care Bears and Strawberry Shortcake, Batman, Superman, uh, Star Wars, by and far, uh, the biggest uh, property that we that we worked on is still today Hasbro. It uh, has it as a huge uh, billion dollar business. Uh, but uh, very very excited about um, the toy business and have been in it ever since. Yeah, that that's just an amazing journey. And some of the things you've touched, uh, you think back in your life and now how they're all coming to bear, as I said before. So uh, let's bring it back to current uh, date uh, from all those great experiences. Uh, and how that is now part of you building this esports futurai uh, platform, and then the Power Players League. Um, what are those two things going to do in this in this uh, new space? And in terms of all the things you've learned and experienced, and now help you bring it to bear today. Well, uh, uh, esports futurai is obviously a core brand for us, uh, and it is the brand that will focus on media uh, and events. Uh, media being uh, the magazine, uh, which uh, we're uh, looking to launch in, by the end of May. Then it's also the streaming channels, uh, as well as uh, the podcast network. All of those items fall within uh, the Esports Future Eye brand. We also are looking to have in that brand collectibles, uh, which uh, tie back to my experience in the, in the toy business. When we were at uh, Kenner, Parker Brothers was part of our family uh, there. So we did a lot of board games, tabletop games, as they are sometimes called now. So we'll have tabletop games, board games, collectibles, all tied to programming, you know, and because programming uh, helps to obviously uh, sell the collectibles, the collectibles help to push the programming. So it's a fully integrated network that we're building with Map Esports Network. The Power Players League, um, it is uh, the first non-human simulated killing league 
that also has robotics and coding competitions as part of our conferences. So uh, we're very, very excited about that. We think that is a great vehicle for reaching into those at-risk communities, giving those kids the opportunity to learn about not just playing the games, but how the business behind the games and where the opportunities are in the future uh, for them to be successful. Uh, but so we're very excited. Yeah. And I need to go back and, and we need to highlight something you said there, which I think is really significant, because as you build this platform, you could be thinking about getting something out there as fast as you can to see how much money you can make and just explode this thing. Right. But you have given put some parameters up. You put in some important uh, guardrails up. You said non-human killing video games. That is a specific decision. Tell us why you made that and why it's connected back to where you came from and to that demographic that you want to serve now, the young people who are at risk. Well, uh, there's a couple of reasons for it. One, growing up in a community where violence was an everyday thing is it destroys lives. And uh, it's just amazing when you look across the country and, 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 ac and across the world, how violence can hold back an economy, how it can impact families, how it can uh, impact just the social fabric, you know, of, of a community. And so we wanted to do our part in esports, but uh, also in, in my previous companies, we always had uh, at our core promoting nonviolence, uh, cultural diversity, people getting along. And so that's very important for our league. And also we are symbiotic with uh, what the Olympics mission is uh, in that they are not going to allow any human simulated killing into the Olympic games. And I know that in the future, they're looking at bringing esports in under their umbrella as well. And uh, we want to be well positioned uh, to be a, a part of that. Yeah. And as you were describing that, I was beginning to think about the Olympic Games. I know we've talked about it before, but it's important to dive into it just a little bit more. Those ideals and qualities are a part of what the Olympic model and ideals are about uh, globally. And for sure, uh, there is going to be this uh, connection. There is going to be, uh, uh, again, exponential growth within the Olympic movement to continue to bring in the demographic or people that may love the games or may not be as connected to the games or maybe just sort of casual viewers. How can you draw them in? And this is another platform, another direction, another way to bring them. And that's through esports. I don't know about you, Jacob, but I can envision not just people being involved with the Olympics at home online doing something like this, but I can see them not just being in the Olympic city, maybe in Olympic in cafes, being involved with games that are happening, but maybe even in the stadium, there are folks who are now interacting through e-games uh, with the games that are actually happening. So there could be multiple layers of how you can stay involved with the games during the games every four years, or really every two, if you think winter and summer, but maybe even beyond that in the non-Olympic years. Do you think that's part of the story too, part of the case, possibility? Um, I, I definitely do. And, and I think that when you think about esports, right now, everyone is focused on uh, obviously uh, playing video games and the competitive nature of that. And that's going to be there. But esports, as we move forward in the future, it, it is not going to stand still. It's it's evolving with technology. And so some of the esports games will be more physical, especially when you start getting into virtual reality. 
uh, and things of that nature. Those things are going to change esports dramatically. Uh, we look forward to being there on the, on the cutting edge of it, at the front of it, uh, and being part of that evolution of esports. I think it's super exciting. And I have to tell you, as someone who's been a part of 10 Olympics, uh, going back to the Sydney Games in 2000, would have been the 11th uh, in uh, Tokyo in 2020, but of course that's been moved ahead to 21. Uh, I can absolutely see how there's going to be some exponential growth in that space. And that's just one space. I love to travel. That's one of my hot buttons. If I'm going out the door uh, to take care of my family doing television, I love to travel and I love to expo uh, explore the cities where I am. I can't wait to begin to move across the United States, Jake, or maybe in some other countries around the world and begin to seek out these uh, e-gaming locations to see what's happening with my own eyes and to look and, and, and be able to feel the energy. I love to go places and see that. That is going to be now a new uh, thing on my checklist as I'm moving around the country, mm -hmm. the, around the world to go see what's happening in terms of e-gaming. Um, one more question, and then I want to bring Kyle in for just a couple of thoughts uh, from his end. Um, as you think about the the future of esports for at this point you know what are you hoping uh, what's the vision of how map esports network can now fit into esports just uh, overall and move it forward just one kind of major thought well i i think that the the, the big thing with map esports is that we again we want to be in inclusive and that inclusive is right now little girls i think are getting a little bit of a raw deal uh they're not uh, being included as much and they feel even the gamers that are out there the female gamers are not getting uh, the exposure or, uh, or attention that, that they should get on par with the guys so we're going to be a part of making sure that we are inclusive and and bring them in in a, in a significant way i think that the the biggest thing for us first will be the magazine uh, it will be online and uh, uh, where uh, and it, it will be print version as well. The first one will be a collector's edition as well. So uh, we're very excited about that. We're doing some special uh, things to it to uh, really make it a collector's edition. Uh, and then the streaming channels. We're looking to put our first competition together, uh, and we should have that competition uh, ready in May. Uh, and so obviously at ppl.gg, uh, you'll be able to uh, sign up for that. Uh, so uh, we're very excited about the future and look forward to uh, uh, engaging uh, with a, a growing audience of esports. Yeah, I, I agree with you. This is really going to be an exciting journey. All right. So let's welcome back Kyle Airy. He is going to be my uh, analyst. We'll be sharing, of course, this podcast platform for months to come, talking about so many different things on so many levels. And Kyle is also a founding member and head of the sales department for Esports Futurei. So, Kyle, as we sit here and listen to Jacob talk about all these different platforms, the exciting possibility, the potential uh, with his experience, bringing it all in here. How exciting is this for you, for someone who um, grew up loving uh, gaming and esports to now have moved into a professional degree to now a position where you can be involved with it? What does this mean for you and other people who love gaming like you do? Yeah, it you know, it's, it's really exciting and I'm really excited to see, you know, some of the cool events and things like that, that uh, we're going to put together in the future. And really, I mean, you know, that's, that's the main thing is being able to share that, that joy and passion uh, with others. And, you know, with like the power players league, for example, uh, giving folks the opportunity that may not have ever had it to be able to uh, compete and, you know, give them an opportunity and give them, a place, you know, at their school or 
that they may not have ever had, you know, to give them a home and uh, be able to build those bonds and, and have those kind of uh, fun opportunities with their friends and everything. So, so yeah, really being able to share something that I love with others. I mean, how could you not be excited about that? Exactly. And I think I'm excited too, because I've been so used to being around live sports. That's really what my experience has been. And and this is going to be a great journey for me. And I think for other folks who may be like me, who have not been too involved with e-gaming or e-sports uh, in the in the in the future, I, I want to get involved mm-hmm. uh, on a, on an actual level. So I'm going to be learning from you, as we all learn from Jacob, and then of course uh, being in tune with what people out there want in terms of their excitement and activity, and moving this uh, platform forward. Jacob, as we begin to think about wrapping up here, um, what are your general thoughts about? Uh, just the excitement, the energy, because look, in the end, people have got to have fun, right? That's why you go That's to right. live events, right. you involve it. You've got to have fun. So gotta have fun. why will this be fun for everybody? When you think about esports, uh, most people, again, just think about it very narrowly. Uh, and they think about the gaming competitions. But there's a whole ecosystem to esports uh, that is video games, obviously. Uh, but when you look at uh, the Comic-Cons, uh, you look at the, the dress-ups and things that are going on there, a lot of those are, are video game characters. And you look at Star Wars is a video game, but Star Wars also is a film. So you're going to have an integration of entertainment, TV, film into esports, just like we did into toys. Uh, so we're going to be part of that. We're, we're going to be instrumental in it. Uh, and I think that's going to make it very, very exciting. The other piece is traditional sports. Esports and traditional sports are going to get closer and closer and more inter- intertwined uh, as we go forward. You're going to see esports in, in gambling, you know, so uh, you, that's popping up around the world. So there's going to be gaming for adults, gaming opportunities to wager uh, in the esports space. And so when you look at those types of things and the growth projections for for esports, I don't know that the gambling is in those projections, you know, but when you start adding those things in there, I think that the growth that is being projected now is going to be smaller than the actual growth that's going to occur in this industry. And so yeah. that's why with Map Esports Network, if it's about esports, it matters to us. There it is. That's that tagline we'll be hearing quite a bit. Jacob, Kyle, great stuff today in this first podcast. And uh, I think all of us are beginning to recognize that e-gaming is exploding and Map Esports is excited about the direction, the opportunities. That's what we've been talking about today on this very first podcast. And most importantly, uh, we're excited about you being a part of all of it. So for more podcasts uh, coming really on an endless list of topics over the next several weeks, uh, we want you to make sure you stay in touch with us. I do know that we'll be diving into uh, more in-depth this idea about esports and the connection with the Olympics. I'm going to be reaching out to uh, some of the Olympic athletes that I know, not just here in America, but around the world to get their take on on how esports is making the connections. And again, we can't ignore the fact that uh, there are so many people who are stuck at home sheltering in place because of the COVID-19 pandemic 
And so it's a chance for folks to really get involved with something like this. And maybe it's really that escape they need. So again, maybe the timing is just right. We just, again, hope that everybody is safe and healthy as much as they can be. So again, over the next several weeks, you're going to see more podcasts coming. We want you to stay in tune with us. But for now, I want to thank our technical team, the great folks at Innovation Media Enterprises. Thank you so much for everything to help us get this going. Once again, thanks to my analyst, Kyle Airy, and a special thanks to Jacob Miles, CEO and chairman of MAP Esports Network. And as he said, if it's about esports, it matters to us. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to All In With Esports. Please remember to subscribe to your favorite podcast channel, and we would love to hear from you about this or other shows on the Esports Future Eye Network.